Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of PI, aka Parent Involved. I'm your host, Jamie. If you guys are new here, I have three children that range all the way from a preschooler up to a recent high school graduate. So this channel is mainly about the experiences I've gone through or I've witnessed, I've learned along the way, and just want to share back with everyone on my point of view of how things have been trying to raise three kids, making sure I stay involved in their everyday activities and just making sure to be available to them in order to nurture their growth, nurture their interests, nurture their desires. Um, If you are new here, I am on TikTok. I'm also on Instagram, which is at parentinvolved underscore pod. And also YouTube, I will be posting video podcast episodes in the near future. So if you guys follow me, you'll be able to see updates there as well. So we'll go ahead and get into it. So the topic for today is discussing parenting tips and strategies for different age groups. So pretty much what I'm going to be discussing is just what I've done in order to help my kids grow at different age levels. It is different between each child. So if you have a toddler, preschooler, if you have a elementary or middle schooler, and if you have a high school slash recent adult, um, definitely I'm going to hit a couple of those points that I found to be helpful. So I usually always start down from the bottom. So I will start with the preschool age just because I do have a recent pre-K graduate. So I do want to discuss what has helped her along her journey, even though it's been, you know, four short years, it's definitely um, something that's more recent. I mean, I do have my oldest is 18, but of course she hasn't been in preschool or pre-K. It's been a long time, 12 plus years. So just with my youngest, I'll be able to discuss how things have gone with her. And then hopefully I can provide some tips that might be helpful. All right. So with a preschooler, of course, they're learning so many things, not just at home, but if they go to outside care, daycare or early education type environment like a classroom, then they're going to be learning a lot from where they spend the most time. So what I've noticed is that my daughter initially, I've always really had her in a daycare setting just because I do have a full time job. So she never really stayed at home as far as when it came to school and learning. Now, once the pandemic hit, of course, that all changed and she was at home where there was less of a structured learning. But we did, I mean, everyone in the house just kind of interacting, teaching her things, interacting with her. And I will say that she is considered an iPad kid or a tablet or electronic gaming, whatever you want to call it. She is that kid. And I I can't even, I won't even deny it. I'm not going to act like she has limited screen time because she really does not. I mean, at the end of the day, um, everyone's going to parent the way they feel We can't really judge a parent. You don't know really anyone's in-depth situation because, you know, some parents, they just don't have the time or they need that extra, maybe a TV. Some some kids watch a lot of TV. And I mean, we do want to encourage the outside time to grow and play and stretch and exercise. But at the end of the day, if you are a working parent, I mean, as I've experienced myself as a working 
parent, it is difficult to make that time, you know, to go outside sometimes. Or if you're not really a physical person, it is difficult to get in that mindset where you need to take a step outside of your home and you need to, you know, provide your child the space to be able to have more physical activity outside. So with that being said, I do encourage or I would advise people if you are able to, you know, make the time. We do go to the park, you know, at times. I won't say it's something that we do regularly, but it is something that there was a point in time, especially during the pandemic, where we would go to the park when there weren't many people or no one out there at all. Because I just remember, you know, we used to go to the skate park just to get out the house so she could walk around, um, pushing her her little doll stroller. And that was really her time to be physical and just get the fresh air and outdoor exercise. I would say a few months. So I think I put her in daycare probably around the three month mark, I believe. So around the three month mark is when she first started going to a daycare. And then the pandemic hit, which was 2020. So she was less than two years old by that time. So she was less than two. So that meant from three months to about one and a half, she was in a daycare setting. So she was getting all of the interaction with other kids, learning how to be social, learning how to share, learning, you know, different things that they teach in the daycare setting. Now in daycares, they don't, it really depends on what type of daycare it is because some just gonna are just gonna watch the kids. They're not gonna really teach them anything. It's just them watching them, making sure they are fed, go to sleep and that you know they don't get hurt in that environment. There are some that are much better, much more almost like they're putting them in the pre-K or preschool program earlier. And those are the ones I like because those ones actually help where they're, they may not get that learning one-on-one at home. So that's the one that she was in for the last about year and a half, where they had a program outside. It was attached to the school, but it was not inside the elementary school. And it was called an early education program. So EEP is what it was called. And that's out here in California. If you guys want to look it up, it's definitely a good program because it's prepping them for kindergarten. So it's mainly focused on getting them ready with their ABCs, sight words. They even, you know, they're even doing sight words, learning to write. Just a lot of things that I did not have my other children in. I think with my son, which is now going to the fifth grade, but he did not have that kind of program. His his daycare was more, it definitely, it didn't include a lot of what this early program included for my youngest. So with him, they were more of, you know, they did a lot of activities though. They did a lot of um, internal activities, played together. They went on trip field trips, but when it was time for him to go to kindergarten, he definitely was not as prepared as my youngest. And that's something that I noticed. Even the paper that he would bring home was not what my youngest brings home. So the reason why that occurred with my middle child is because I didn't know better. I would now that my youngest has gone through the program, now I'm looking back and saying, okay, I should have chose a different program or a better program similar to what she has now. The program before with what he had was not on that same level. So it is, you know, with my oldest, it's, it's a little bit different. She was always pretty smart, 
pretty book smart. Um, she caught on real quick. I remember there was this one time, and this is just, you know, this doesn't have to do with, with actual reading or writing, but the way that I knew that she was very a quick learner or just very smart child is when it was time for kindergarten and she didn't know how to tie her shoe. So I never taught her how to tie her shoe up until the first day of school, which, okay, bad on my part. But that was the first day I remember saying, okay, they're not going to try. They're not going to help you tie your shoe. You're too old. You're now in elementary school and they're expecting you to have your know how to tie your shoes. So that morning, I remember we were getting ready. I mean, we were basically heading out the door and I said, look, this is how you do it. Put the bunny, two bunny ears and tuck one under and I had her try it. You know, I did it a couple of times. I had her try it and she got it. I mean, right then and there, one day, less than probably five minutes, we were working on it. And that's how I knew she was a quick learner. So throughout the years with her as, you know, going through elementary, I, I remember even with my son, I always used to bring it up because with my oldest, I never, I think once or twice, I, but other than that, I never had to help her with her homework. And that was with my son every day, especially during the pandemic. Well, even right before when he started kindergarten, every day I had to help him with his homework. Even through the whole pandemic, every day I helped him with his homework. And that was probably until third grade. Third grade, so two years ago, that's when he started doing his homework on his own. And it was more of he was doing it. And I was saying, okay, you're going to do it or you're going to try. And then you're going to bring it to me and I'll check it. And then, you know, I'll help you from there. But before that, it was we would work every homework assignment together. And I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or, you know, if it was just because he wasn't as prepared as maybe other children were when um, they went to kindergarten. But definitely I could see the difference, you know, going from my oldest to my middle child. And then now with my youngest going to kindergarten, I mean, I'll see more once she gets there, how it's going to be when she has actual homework. But as far as her level um, where she is right now, I'm really confident that she's going to do just fine. I mean, I think she'll be up there on my oldest level, to be honest. But I mean, that just goes to show you, you know, there is so much you have to be very open minded and you have to research early on because you know, if you move to different areas, it's not going gonna to be a whole different school system, school requirements, school testings that you have to learn about in order to make sure that you choose the right program or the right path. You get the right resources involved so that your kids don't fall behind. And I think that's what happened with my middle child is that he was not prepared enough and he was already behind when he started kindergarten. So he kind of got left, but he has definitely caught up now. <laughs> we I mean, I'm I'm very much so proud of him. Just want to say that because after getting his latest test results, which were for the, the last year, his fourth grade year, he met all of the standards. And I know before that he was definitely struggling at a point. And to see that he has met the standard and without me helping every day with homework, you know, with that being said, that shows that, you know, what he is learning, he is retaining that information, not just okay, mom, mom's helping me and I got the answers and I turn in my work. And, you know, because when it comes down to testing, of course, I'm not there. And that's how you can tell if he actually is learning it. 
because of the test results. So I can say, you know, I am very much proud that he has met all of his test scores for this latest year. So I know I kind of skipped around, but just, you know, just going back to the preschooler, we want to foster, um, I mean, just going back to the preschooler tips and strategies, definitely. I mean, like I said, even though she is, quote unquote, the iPad type kid, um, she is ready. She knows her ABCs. If I tell her to write the letters, she can write the letters. So I'll see more when it comes to actual kindergarten and homework and how she does in that grade. But as far as right now, I feel confident she's very much prepared. Now, encouraging imaginative play and creativity, that has come, you know, both with me buying her toys. And then on when she is interactive on the iPad or watching TV, I mean, she doesn't watch a lot of TV these days, but she she very much like games that are that have, you know, hand eye coordination. Um, She does have to learn how to complete tasks on the game. So there there's games on there that she has to basically strategize on how to win. And so I think that is helping her a lot when it comes to, you know, being creative in her own in her own way that will help her in the future. Now I'm not saying to go ahead and get your kid an iPad or put a phone in front of them, but I'm just saying that this is something that we shouldn't as I mean it is 2023 the world is a lot different than how it used to be, you know, back in the the 90s. I mean, even in the 90s, I, my mom made sure that we always had, you know, some type of game system. I remember had me and my brother both had a Game Boy, if anyone remembers those. And then he got the Nintendo. So he he pretty much from there, Nintendo 64, Sega, he always had the new gaming system. That was just something that my mom it was something that was popular back then. And so whatever was popular, we were able at that point, at some point in time, we were able to get those game systems. So I don't think, and I'm going to say this too, my brother's very, very smart. (laughs) I mean, I think he's one of the smartest individuals that I know as far as applying his mind. If he, you know, if he wanted to, I think he definitely could be in a Uh, be an engineer or you know he just his brain the way that it works he's very self-sufficient so whenever you know there was some type of issue with the VCR or the TV I knew to contact my brother and he would be the one to come fix it so he was like our handyman even now he he does his own um he does if something's wrong with his car alternator oil change he just does it he has no kind of official training but (laughs) He he does it. I mean, with no problem. He watches a video and he's very I mean, he has the mindset to be able to do things. So that just goes to show you, even if we were raised on electronics, even my firstborn, she had an iPod. She had those Kindles. I think we had like five Kindles because something would happen with one and she'd get another one. But even her, she always had an electronic as well. And her grades, she was a straight A student her last year of high school. And throughout, you know, her high school year, I think, you know, she pretty much maintained almost all A's and a B through almost the whole four years. So so we can't count out the iPad kids because that's that's kind of where we're at in society. Everything's on electronics. So I think there's a lot of debate that goes on around whether we should limit because I, I mean, every time I go to the doctor, 
my kid's pediatrician, they say limit screen time. And then we see it online, you know, uh, the social media. Oh, my kid's not going to be an iPad kid. You know, so they're trying to, you know, encourage them to go play outside more. But at the end of the day, I think every family, every household is going to have their own beliefs and they're actually going to experience different things based on what type of structure they have in the home. If you don't have that time or that energy to, you know, make sure that your kids are going outside if they're safe while they're outside, because that's a big thing. You want to make sure it, it's not like how it used to be where you just send your kids out there, go play and then come home before dark when the streetlights come on. That's not how it is. And I think more parents are aware because of the access we have to online, you know, videos um, online. There's, it's just everywhere that we see the predators in our face. And that's going to be the main reason for me. It's the main reason why. I don't trust just sending my kids out there, you know, to go play and come back when it's dark. You just never know. Even though we had the news back then and it was so limited to what we saw in the news. Of course, the media, we know everyone knows how the media works. It's controlled. We only see what they show us. And so with social media, it's more they're posting it, everything. Everything's getting posted and sometimes things that we we never even would have never known about, you know, it's right readily available with just a swipe. So I think it's something that's really should be a big consideration as to why there are so many iPad kids these days. And really, if it's not hurting the kids, because I'll say this, I have an 18 year old and she's done well. The, I mean, I have had to go through her, you know, go through the phone. I've been that parent where I'm going to go through, you know, at a certain age range. I definitely was that parent where I, I go through just to check what she's been doing. I do encourage that parents do that now and again, because you just never know. And you don't want to become complacent and reliable on electronic because we do know things can happen But as long as we are involved and aware, being interactive with our kids, talking to our kids about everything that's going on, safety, being protected, I think that is going to help minimize putting your child in danger. You know, if you are allowing them to be on an iPad or being on a phone uh, more often than not. So, I mean, with this topic, it is just very, it's going to be very debatable because everyone is going to have their way of raising their kids. I knew a family that didn't allow their kids to watch TV at all. I mean, they had a middle schooler that never got to watch TV. So, I mean, it's some, that's extreme to me. But of course, for that family, it was protecting them. They were protecting them from everything that was going on in the world or everything that was that the media, that the TV networks, everything that was trying to be pushed off on your kids. Because even now, there's so many cartoons and movies, shows. There's just so much. And, and they're supposed to be kids shows at, at that. There's just so much out there that's not should not be for kids. And I will say that because I look at TV and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> things that, you know, is a part of the world because I won't get in depth about it. I mean, and it's a part of our society at this point. 
but it's being pushed off even in the cartoons is where it's just I could understand why some parents would ban TV from their kids. So, I mean, just cartoons are not even safe anymore. There's always an underlying. I, I mean, I'm looking at some shows on Disney and you know how they have like on TikTok, they, they'll have things that we missed as kids and then they replay it and it's like, oh my goodness, this, <laughs> we just, we never know. And it's real cringe and it's real like sus, but it's definitely an eye opener. I think that's number one. It's an eye opener to see that there was so much being pushed off even to us as children. And then, but with us being more aware, I think that helps us be more protective of our children. So definitely I don't put all my trust in electronics or TV, but I won't say, I mean, my daughter, my youngest does have a lot of screen time. Her screen time is not limited during school I tr- I've have started to try to limit it I put the timer on there um but I'll just say <laughs> sometimes we extend it <laughs> so I mean I I can be considered a pushover but at the same time you know after three kids you learn where to pick your they say you know pick your battles in life especially when you're if you're with someone in a relationship or even if it's with your kids, you know, you pick your battles and I'm not the type I don't want to be or I've never wanted to be that person that's just stressed out all the time and I'm just bickering all the time. I try not to be. I know there's there's some things that really irk me that I have to, you know, I just can't hold it in and it just goes off after I've said to my I mean after I've repeated myself multiple times like do this do that and I just I can't take it anymore but (laughs) when it comes to electronics tv hey turn your tv off hey uh no more ipad oh it's time to get off your phone things like that at some point I mean of course you know with, with small kids you have to try to teach them early on so they have good habits later because I know that you know with my son I would say for him he started being he that he was the one to first have like a phone early on in life so I would say you know four four years old he was with my phone all the time I know my daughter she wasn't like that until about I would say I remember her first electronic that she got to be on a lot was an iPad I mean iPod she had her own personal iPod and I would say that was in so I would say around eight years old is when she got her first personal electronic and that was an iPod. And now with my son, I think he was probably, he could have been three or four and he had his own personal, like a phone, tablet, a Kindle. Um, you know, it started earlier with him. And then I would say with my daughter, my third child, you know, it probably, it could have even started earlier, maybe two. <laughs> Cause I think, you know, when I was doing her hair, one, one years old, she was with, she was with watching her shows, Coco Melon, you know, watching TV, watching phone song, you know, her, her show, the, um, I would say Coco Melon was the main thing that she would use the phone for after about a couple years then then she started to play games on there more and started, you know, watching YouTube videos. So, you know, after a while, I think, yeah, the age got shorter and I definitely think it's because of the way the society is now. Everything is more on, you know, streaming. It's not just TV anymore. I don't think anyone in my house just sits and watch regular TV. I mean, we watch the streaming channels, but even those, we don't watch them every single day. There's either YouTube 
or we're watching videos, shorts on TikTok. (laughs) So that's just the way that things are now. And I think we all have to take that into consideration. It's called evolving around, you know, what's going on in the world. And if it's not hurting, because like I said, even with my daughter, uh, my oldest, you know, she's going off to college. She's maintain she maintained good grades. She's never given me, you know, that that hard time where I was looking for her, like, hey, you're supposed to be home. Where are you? Like I couldn't get in touch with her, something like that. I've never had to experience that. I'm knock on wood. So <laughs> it's just I think it's a matter of when we do allow them to have that much screen time that we still be involved with them and not rely on the the time that they spend on those electronics. Um, to deter us from having conversations with them about safety, about being protect, just making sure that they're not doing anything that could put them at jeopardy. Because I know with me, I definitely have a lot of talks. That's why I'm, I have a podcast, because I do talk, even though I'm not an extrovert, I'm introvert. But when it comes to my kids, I'm very expressive with my words. I mean, they know I can talk all day and just go on and on about something. So... I think that's important if, as long as they know. I mean, if they never hear it from you, they never had the conversation, then it's easy to, you know, go down a wrong path or go astray just because they're not aware. They're not aware of possibilities of things that could happen. So other than that, I just wanted to, you know, provide my experience on the iPad kids, why I don't feel that being an iPad kid is necessarily, you know, just a bad thing, even though, you know, I do see a lot of videos, social media videos <laughs> that that say, oh, I'm doing this because I'm not going to have no iPad kid. You know, I've seen a lot of those, to be honest. You know, people are going to, people do what they do. You know, people raise their kids the way they're going to raise them. But just from my experience, just on my side, I just wanted everyone to share my point of view about it. So you guys can take that, you know, with a grain of salt. And of course, if you have any questions, definitely you can reach me in my direct messages on Instagram at parent involved underscore pod. Also, if you haven't already, you can still follow me on TikTok for updates on, you know, new videos. I try to uh, reach my, my base through there. But other than that, guys, thank you for listening in. I do appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to this new episode. And just remember every week, every Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific time, I'll be uploading new episodes. This is the first season, so I will break it out in seasons because, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in my life. So I do want to make sure I cut and have the break between the seasons, but I'm deciding on whether there'll be like a month in between or not. I'll have to see, you know, what the average time usually is. But definitely thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day.